1: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger,
2: for the ones who get it done.
1: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a
3: volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your
1: trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. On today's show, we are bracing for another initial job. claims number that, let's be face it, will probably just rally off like we have the past two. We'll talk about that and talk about earnings from Bed Bath Beyond, Morgan Stanley, Rite Aid, uh, which stocks were hot yesterday, a lot of uh, quote-unquote COVID names, Slack was hot, insego was hot, uh, Peloton was hot, so we'll talk about that. Our guest is uh, Mark Chicken. he will join the show at age 15 and hang out with us uh, through, we hope, the initial jobless claims number, and uh, give us his thoughts on this market. I will bring on
4: Joel. Now, Joel, what is going on here overnight? Uh, good morning, Spencer. Uh, we have a nice range overnight. We have a 50 point range. Uh, you have your, no, let's make it at a 60 point range. Uh, they hit it early uh, last night. They got it under that double bottom we've been focusing on at 2751 area. They got it to 2746. And just when it looked like we were going to 2700, Turned around on a dime. We got up through yesterday's interday high at 28.06 in a quarter. Uh, Still up seven and a half handles here. I think you just have consolidation station here right around the 50% level. The market is trying to decide, are we going to hold in here? Are we going to blast the 3,000? Or is this rally ran out of steam? Maybe that 830 number will help us out with that. Uh, crude uh, we're done with that May contract we're looking at the June the June is up 65 cents at 2669 uh, 27s the high so maybe uh, crude can stay green today uh, gold a little bit weak yesterday but getting all those losses back it's up 25 dollars and eighty cents at dollars 66 uh, you have silver up two and a half percent at 1589 Bitcoin. Back above seven thousand, the futures are up three hundred and five dollars at seven thousand and fifty-five. So, Triple D, did you have uh, much action uh, last night before you turned it off at eight o'clock?
3: Always action. Um, We were down significantly last night, so a huge reversal. I mean, last night we were down. Had to be twenty handles at least before I uh, checked out. So, and then overnight, just the overnight ripper here. I don't know a catalyst, really, um, if w- w- what the catalyst was. I mean, we, do have, we did have the Abbott Labs, but that was I thought, uh, thought out earlier. That they were talking about that. They officially came out, though, and said that they are going to be having the antibody test ship out today, So, which is good news. But I think it was just uh, classic by the dip again.
4: Yeah. And you got that, uh, you know, line in the sand in the S and P's, you got the double top from the globex sessions up there. Uh, Also, we don't talk, you know, we haven't been mentioning it a lot because we've traded through it so many times, but uh, that 50% retracement, I mean, we're basically right there in a spider right there in the S and P's. We got one close above it on Tuesday. We didn't get one yesterday. So, uh, to me, you know, closing above that 2786 level, not once, but twice, but three times uh, gets his poised to maybe take another poke at uh, that double top at 2846 and change.
3: Double bottom, too, from yeah. the last couple of days, which is interesting as well. So um, if you go to the previous day's low, 275.51, yesterday's low, right coinciding with it. Joel talks about these double bottoms. And I mean, these things work five cents away from it. So that's, you know, major support here at this time. Again, we are still battling around the 50% retracement between the Bulls and the Bears. So it's not clear sailing uh, like Craig Johnson was saying it might be. We've been fighting here a little bit there, but uh, still to be determined if Craig's going to be right or not, because he thought if we got over 281, 282, we could be on the road to 300 SPY. Uh, We will uh, see. I'm still skeptical because I still think there's a lot of bad news to come here yet. But regardless, this market is holding up.
4: Yep. Okay. Let's go to some individual issues.
1: What do you got, Spencer? We can start let's start with earnings here. Let's start with Rite Aid. Uh it is among the biggest losers of the morning here down 14% shocker. or so. Uh yeah, well y- you say that in jest, but isn't it a little bit of a shocker? I mean,
3: That a stock is down on earnings?
1: Well, that their earnings weren't good. I I, I would have thought I, I mean, yeah, I would thought the drugs I mean, it's a drugstore. I, I went to I went to CVS like five times in March.
3: But are uh, people going to the drugstore more? Just because they're open doesn't mean that they're going to them more. I mean, what are you, stocking up, I guess? Maybe you're stocking yeah. up on your Tylenol. And-, <laughs> and, your, and, your, and your toilet paper and other yeah. things. Sure. So anyway, uh, Rite Aid's
1: uh, earnings out this morning. They lost 37 cents per share. They're supposed to lose only 15 cents per share, so a big miss on that number the sales, uh, 5.7 versus 5.59 billion dollars. Uh, they did guide a little bit, which is nice to see. They gave some uh, full year, fiscal year 21 sales guidance of uh, mid to high 22 billion dollar range, which is above the estimate, but that's a long ways away from now. A uh, dog still, is a su-
3: dog is a yeah, dog. Yeah, surprising earnings miss. This stock, this stock is always a perennial disappointment. It seems like I mean, yeah, it hasn't went down in the last year very Eww. much, but you know, you, you can look obviously from 2019, we're up from the five dollar low up to 14, and you'd say, oh, what a stock. But I mean, if you bought this thing anywhere beyond be, before 2019, you're down significantly. 2017, because obviously the reverse split, the high is 175 dollars. So I mean, I, I think you know, if you're gonna buy. Why Rite Aid? You know, why not CVS or Walgreens, where you know these companies are going to be in business? You just don't, or you assume they're, I don't know what's going to be in. I, I don't know if you can assume anything's going to be in business for sure. But you know, Walgreens and CVS have a hell of a lot better chance than Rite Aid. With that being said, there is underneath demand for stocks. I believe that. And you're getting a pullback of 17%. So I'm absolutely not shorting it down here down 17%. Uh, I'd like a little more quality to buy the dip on though.
4: Yeah, boy, this is straight down. I mean, you just got a seller in here. You just, boom, walk, they've walked this down here from 15 and change all the way down to the lows of the pre-market session. So with these, you know, you just like to keep an eye. What's the low going to be at 929, right? What's it going to be? Is it going to pop off that or is it going to continue lower? I do see some lows. I see one low at 11.97, but if you don't want to back up the truck there to cover a short, I see one, two, three, four, five lows. Let's just call it 1144.5. That would uh, be the average of that area. So look at those lows going back, I believe, from earlier in the month. Yeah, at the beginning of the month. So a couple targets there. Uh, first one, 1197. Then all those lows
3: at uh, 1144.5. Just. Um... Just one sec. I just had a trade. So. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um. Just Let's just take a quick
4: look at CVS. Uh, sure. Uh, is that, yeah. It's trying. It had that really nice run off the $50 level. Got hit. Couldn't get back there. That's trying, right? I mean, it's I guess trying. You
3: know. Like, there's a lot of stocks that have been trying for the last three weeks. Some trying harder than others. <laughs> like, we looked at Wingstop, and that got all the losses back. And, you know, you think, okay, pharmacy – that's probably going to be safe, but they really haven't—they really haven't rallied that much either. So you look at where CVS was at the start of this. Maybe it's not hit as bad as the other stuff. Lower beta on it. I think if you're looking at CVS, Walgreens, Best, and Rite Aid, CVS is best to breed. So if you want to own a pharmacy, it's probably CVS. I'm not sure I want to own a pharmacy, but the dividend's 3.28%. I'm kind of indifferent to it. I would say I'm just me not that excited about it but not really bearish it either
4: yeah i mean you're, you're trending with a lot of these stocks that you know we're looking at and we're talking about rebounds and i kind of like to look at the trend before this all happened and the trend in the oil stocks not good the trends in uh walgreens boots alliance not good the trend in cbs was a little bit better a little bit higher quality so kind of like to look at that when I'm, when I'm looking at prospective things to buy.
3: Jump over. Uh, lots of stocks. I want to go to the COVID place, though, because these things had a fabulous day yesterday. Everything. And what we mean is that list and the stocks we've been talking about, like Zoom, Teladoc, all ripping yesterday it was literally covid stock day the stocks that have been rallying on covid slack is another one wrk josh brown helped out on cnbc when he popped on and said it was his play and obviously that stock popped over a dollar after josh brown was on there uh, just at the end of the day a peloton had a huge day although peloton is giving back some of it here this morning but you saw a huge run in a lot of these stocks some of the, the run is continuing i mean let's go to zoom first because here it was, you know, five, six days ago, and everybody's like, okay, well, this trade is over. Uh uh ah, uh, not so fast. In five days, Zoom has went from 110 and is now back approaching the all-time high at $160. Incredible comeback here for Zoom.
4: Yeah, and, you know, this this is kind of goes against, like, conventional, like, wisdom, right? If we're... If we're, re- I mean, we're having uh, Trump speak later on today, right, about reopening the country. Is it just kind of contrary to the thinking that this is going to, you know, we're going to be isolated for a long time?
3: Somewhat, but I think Zoom, I, I think Zoom, and obviously we use it, is going to have a lot of new users. And the other thing is, just because we reopen, and, you know, Josh Brown made this point, but it's an obvious point, too. Uh, just because we reopen doesn't mean everybody is going back to their normal way of life we're not just gonna it's gonna be a slow reopen people are still gonna be spooked it's not like we're just gonna bounce right back I do believe that's why we had the sell-off yesterday because we're gonna get some clarification on how you know this opening is gonna look but it isn't gonna be like okay we're open for business everybody's going back to their normal life it's not going to go back to normal for a while so zoom still the beneficiary I think a lot of business people realize wow this is a pretty efficient way to do business it is. if you're not flying around the country you get on the zoom media like here i mean we do it every day and it feels like i'm sitting right beside joel and spencer yes i'm only 20 minutes away but imagine you know being in japan and your other you know a person is over in U in the u.s instead of flying to japan having an in-person meeting this zoom works pretty well so i don't fa- think fantastic. Zoom. I, I think people are realizing that this is a very efficient way to communicate
4: and uh, I just, you know, I can remember uh, when we first started doing the show with uh, Ben Zinga. It was like it was difficult to figure out because you were in Canada, and then I was in the Southfield office, and you know, to figure out the line. You know, we tried different things, right, Spencer? We tried live stream. We tried. Um, we we used
1: Skype for a while, and I can, I, can, used- I I can't help but think uh, uh, just. How bad uh, Microsoft and Google yeah. squ- squander their head starts? They had massive head starts here. Google has Google Hangouts, which is fine. Microsoft bought Skype what ten it's years fine. ago? I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, but and this is this is a, but a small part of their business. But still, they had massive head starts here. Yeah. Uh, and Zoom and, and even Cisco too. Cisco has has, has their own. The, the WebEx, WebEx is good. The WebEx yeah. is good. Yeah,
3: it's yeah, yeah. fine. So you're, uh, you're very right, Spencer. It was um, you know Microsoft had the biggest lead, maybe with Skype. For and sure. The the product itself just never improved. It never kept up. It never improved. We used it for a long time and had a lot of bugs and hiccups. Remember how frustrated we get? It would just drop the call for no reason, or you know the video is not working today. Wouldn't recognize this. There was so many little hiccups all the time with Skype, and then we switched to Zoom, and we hardly have any hiccups. I mean, oh, I don't know, no. like CNBC, and I don't think they're using Zoom. But I'll tell you, I watched the Fast Money last night three, four times. They're, they're losing the call. They're losing, you know, really? or they can't get it through. There was horrible. This is CNBC. And I don't know what they were using, but it was very inefficient. I'll tell you, this Zoom, it, it, and, and, you know, even looking at the Cisco WebEx, because I believe it's CNN that uses Cisco WebEx, it's pretty good. But it seems like the Zoom is better. Um, so, I don't think Zoom is going away. With that being said, it's trading what, 35 times revenue or something? Yeah. What, yeah I mean, yeah, the valuations. What insane. is their,
1: exactly. What is their forward P here? I'd see. It's. they didn't it even
3: make it, money. You can't even look at it that way. Oh, they, don't make, times they, revenue. they don't make money.
1: They don't make money. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, <laughs> but you got to look at the
3: times of revenue. And I mean, it's trading so at such a sky high nosebleed valuation that, you know, obviously growth, investors like growth. It's got the story still cooking. And what I've said is valuation doesn't matter at all as long as you have a story. If I write my book on trading, that's going to be page six. Ignore all valuation if you have a story because Zoom, the story will carry a stock much further than you know than the you know the the, the people who are shorting off valuation. Zoom does make valuation. Story money, wins so you know. always. Once the story cools off, that's when we start to go to fundamental metrics. This Zoom story has not cooled off. So I would be a buyer of pullbacks again. Just like we were saying back when it was going, I, I was hoping it would get down to 100. Remember we were talking about it? Yeah, like, I
4: know, I know. I
3: was like, I love it at 100. But we even said the one day, you got a shot. I mean, on that second day, we even said on I the know, show, if you rewind the tape, we're like, you got the 108 to lean on now and it was trading like 112. So I'm like, if you want to risk it, you know where your stopout is. It's below the 108 level. And here it is. It's run fifty point or forty points now.
4: Yeah, I know. So I know. it's
3: all about setting up trades and risk return analysis. That being said, you're coming in now. Now you're buying the top of the range. I like. I don't like buying something, you know, when it's ran right back up thirty percent right to an old resistance point. Is it going to test it? Probably. You know, we probably see one sixty, but you know, for your last three bucks, you're going to hang on. We don't know what it's going to do there. It's failed there twice. Could have it fail there the third time? They say no thing. Such thing as a triple top. I'll tell you sometimes there is. So I'm not buying up at resistance.
4: Uh also when you just talk about because I know Dennis, you're you're a big, you know, news flow trader. I mean, there there was bad news out there, right? The attorney general still is. Uh, we, right, but it's we, like we have no clarity. we don't know where that's we don't going. have clarity, but you don't have what it was it, Connecticut and New York that started it? You know, if it would have been Connecticut, New York, Illinois. Then Michigan and then Florida and if you would have kept the capital, you know the the news flow continued to be bad. Maybe you wouldn't be here. But it just in the absence of news and the story is when you get the pop in the stock. So you know it just dissipated. You didn't, you know, you haven't heard anything now. The attorney general could come out today and said, yeah, there's major privacy issues and boom, and they'll whack the stock. But sometimes the absence of news is just as important as like the initial news.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because now the story's hot and people have forgotten about that again. They're not worried about that all of a sudden. I mean, if a headline comes and all of a sudden, you know, they're getting, and then the stock could get hit on that. So you do have a little bit of headline risk, but there has been no real news on that front in the last few days. And we're not saying they're in any trouble. They were just investigating them and looking a
4: yeah. little closer. But the you market, know, the algos, they grab that, you know, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, the algos yep. trade
3: everything. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a human algo here. I trade all the headlines. I see the news headline and I will trade it as well and interpret it. I love news interpretation. I love headline interpretation. I love trading headlines. There was a lot of money to be made trading headlines if you can interpret the headlines correctly. Sometimes you do it wrong. And in those situations, you scramble for, you know, minimizing the damage as much as you possibly can. But when you interpret the headlines right, I mean, like Costco last night, I bought Costco to raised a dividend. So I'm like, okay, well, that's going to go. I'm already out of it. So I can freely talk about it. But I bought it last night. And I was able to make over two points, just like before that. You,
1: before you pivot off that, I want to bring in Mark Chaykin Yeah, let's here. bring him on. Yeah, to just get his thoughts on, on, on this conversation. Mark Chakin is the founder of Chicken Analytics, joins our show every other week to give us his thoughts on the market. Mark, uh, good morning.
5: Good morning. Let me see if I can get my video started. There we go. It's a nice photo, though, Mark.
4: Hey, we're going oh, south hey. here a little bit, folks. So uh, keep your eyes open. We just uh, we were just we just dropped five points, which is no big deal in this market environment. But yeah. we are we just well, went unchanged on the session. You're heading
5: into the numbers, so uh, you know anything anyone's guess. Let's talk. Can I talk about Zoom for a minute? Because yes, I love the 100%. conversation. First sure. of all, the reason Zoom is so good is the chief engineer from WebEx left and started Zoom. So, uh, and he, you know, the um, privacy issues, I think, are a non-event. Look at Facebook. Facebook went to new highs for years with privacy uh, and congressional testimony. That's not real. What is real, though, is people are discovering, like my wife and her friends who are playing Mahjong and Bridge on Zoom, that you can get a free Zoom account. You're limited to, I think, 45 minutes of talk time and you can buy an unlimited account for 140 bucks. How do you scale that business, $140 at a time? I don't think you do it. We were one of the, Chaken Analytics was one of the early adopters of Zoom four years ago, thanks to John Carter, uh, because it could accommodate 3,000 people on a webinar. But, um, so we, we pay a lot of money for an annual license that enables all of our people to have their own accounts plus the big ones. But basically, an individual can buy an annual subscription to Zoom for 140 bucks. So, let's say a million people do it. it's 140 million in revenue. It doesn't even move the needle. So, I'd be a seller of Zoom here. You can't have it both ways. You can't be a glass half full about the economy and reopening the, uh, you know, the economy, and also be a bull on Zoom. You can trade it. I agree. Uh, you know that you can trade the stock, Dennis, but. I think longer term the stock is, you know, closer to 100, absolutely, but not something I'd want to own at these levels.
1: I think we just lost Dennis here, so let me try to him back. He didn't, I, he he didn't
4: have, like that.
1: Yeah, he, he may have had an just internet. As,
4: you know what? Just as we were talking yeah, about got, how we don't have problems with Zoom. No,
1: I mean, I, th- I his internet may have gone out because he's totally off this call, so. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but we're trying to, trying to get Dennis back here in a moment. I'll start uh,
5: talking faster, and people won't notice. Yeah,
1: no, Mark. I mean, I, I agree with your point. You, you can't have it both ways. Uh, While well, you have to assume that we're going to go, the 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 move back to normal will be will happen very slowly and gradually. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you on the fact that you can't really be bullish one and 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 bullish one idea and 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 bear and bullish the other idea as well they they're kind of contradictory, so uh, I'm with you on zoom i for a trade, sure, but like for an investment like I get that they have a story and all that but i mean come on if you if you're buying it now, as Dennis always says and then you're a little bit late to the party. So, there, I don't know, I mean
5: in... there was a theory I developed early in my career uh, cuz I used to chase stocks that had great stories and, you know, yeah. ended up a bag holder. I call I I called this the day in the sun theory. Every stock has a day in the sun. They get put up on a pedestal. If it's a person, they get on the cover of institutional investor or Time magazine, Alasaurus in 87. And that's when you want to sell the stock. Uh, you can go back to two thousand and see the big names, you know, that were uh being featured in the press. But I think it's Zoom's day in the sun and you gotta sell the stock long term. But let's
4: Trying to get to highs here, the pre-market session, just inching up or up 410 at 155.55. Yep. That's above the high from yesterday, 152.57. So if you are shorting this, that would be the gap fill. And then you only have two highs to look at, 161.69 uh, with earshot of that. And then the old time high, 164.94.
5: Yeah, I'm not a proponent of shorting the stock because the story can go as long as it exactly. wants to go. And if the market goes down, Zoom's probably a better hedge on the upside. There are some stocks, though, that I'd like to uh, sure. talk about. Square Square was downgraded by Raymond James to an underweight today. And they say there's a disconnect between the action of the stock and the deteriorating fundamentals. So uh, that's a stock that a lot of people like you know it's the whole concept if you use it own it uh you know a lot of people use square and so that's the kind of name along with say a twitter where uh, there are some structural things going on in the in the current economy uh, until we get back to normal where square is impacted a lot more than other people because of the point of sale aspect
1: i yeah i i've wanted to own square now for a while uh i recognize that i probably missed my chance uh, or maybe i didn't actually i don't know but uh i this is one that i like i when we eventually get past this it's got a really compelling story uh but the question is how long would that take and i acknowledge that they're hyper exposed to uh a economic recession and it, it, it and you know it's a higher beta name, um, so I, I'm not quite sure what I want to do here. But it's kind of at the midpoint of where of uh, of 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 the peak to trough. But I I've been wanting to own this one for a while and haven't haven't pulled up the trigger just yet. Oh boy! So. Oh boy! What, Joel? Yes. Oh, do we just lose Joel? Maybe we lost. Wow! That's All right, we're
5: sure dropping, we're, about, we're, so. we're dropping,
1: like, dropping like flies here today. Uh, Mark, I did want to ask you about Costco because we were about to transition there uh, before I, I I brought you on here. Costco is now the third uh, major company to raise their divi this week. They announced it uh, yesterday after the close. They're raising their quarterly dividend here. Let me me get the numbers up exactly and make sure I got them right. Uh, Dividend raised from $0.65 a share to $0.70 a share. That follows J&J and Procter Gamble this week. So what a time to separate yourself from the pack, eh?
5: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the chart on Costco. Hasn't got through its long-term moving average. Shaking money flow is negative. It's overbought. Uh, Let's compare it to uh, two other companies, Amazon and Walmart, both making new all time highs. So the question to me is why isn't Costco up around 340? instead of 310 what's it doing this morning uh joel
4: it's up on uh, 273 313 i yeah. know it, it i know why why isn't this running more i mean what do you think yeah, the reason for that is? i i
5: don't know but uh, maybe it's a, it's all about mail order because uh i was shocked to look at walmart but then i realized a lot of people are doing their one-stop shopping at walmart for staples like flour and sugar for uh, pharmaceuticals marked down 30% from what CVS charges, and that's their low to begin with. And Amazon making new all-time highs. So I, I've got to think that the Costco story has really played out. I, we went to Costco right before the uh, stay-in-place uh, orders were put out in Connecticut, and we stocked up on everything. And uh maybe it's just the case that people aren't going out to Costco they're ordering from Amazon obviously their numbers were good uh and maybe that when they're going out they're going to Walmart instead of Costco
1: i mean i did the same thing you did mark but i haven't been to costco since uh since like march 1st and yeah, i usually exactly. go I, right so i and i usually go every 3 weeks three or four weeks uh so we talked about
3: um, this though when they were ripping costco on the increased numbers that eventually that trade was going to end because it was an early stock up nobody's stocking up now i would imagine their numbers are going to be getting worse because a lot of people that don't want to go there now so i mean at this point in time that trade is over that like oh prepare for the pandemic trade is over the people are prepared you know, as much as they're going to be. So now people are scared to leave the home. So that's going to affect Costco sales as much too. Amazon, people are ordering everything on Amazon here and that's why that stock continues to rep. I think the Costco trade, you know, the run into, you know, the defensive food stocks here, um, you know, because like everybody's loading up, I think that trade's over.
5: Yeah, I agree with you, Dennis. What, do we want to talk about the big names, the uh, Fangs plus Netflix, or is that over? Yeah,
4: yeah, we do. We got the number coming up, uh, but I want, to, uh, I want to just get your thoughts on the market here before we do that, the well, overall I, market.
5: I'm still a glass half empty guy because of all the uncertainties and the complicated rollout of a return to quote unquote normalcy. Uh, a second meatpacking plant closed down. Uh, From Smithfield, you know, the first plant that closed down 5% of the meat in America, Uh, the the people are just not, uh, to me, this is a momentum market similar to 1999-2000, the market in that people are looking at it as a glass half full. They're looking past the numbers in 2020 and assuming things are going to go back to where they were. Barry Diller was just on CNBC. Barry's a pretty smart guy. He has a lot of social properties. He bought Expedia right after 9-11 and went through with the deal. And he said, it's different this time. Now, he's a little older. And as you get older, you take things with a different slant. But Barry Diller basically said, it's going to take a long time to get back to normal. And you know they're starting to talk about restaurants where you're gonna sit every other table with a mask on. And the question is, who's gonna work at these restaurants? And are you really gonna go out? So we've talked about this before. I just think the return to normalcy is gonna take a lot longer. And God forbid some of these states that didn't have stay in place orders are the first ones to open up. And you see a second wave or in these states, a first wave. The whole thing comes unglued. So I'm a glass half full guy. I don't know if we'll go back down and test the lows, but I do think that uh, X this number, and we'll see what the reaction to the number is. Uh, I think this market still has not factored in the uncertainties. Could go to a new high overnight. It's trading like a momentum stock in 2000. So think of your worst uh, nightmare trying to short Yahoo or um, At home or any of those names, AOL or uh, Exodus, which was the big hosting facility that Meg Whitman ran, which went bankrupt. I know that because we had a hosted uh, discount brokerage in there. The point being, I think there are too many unknowns. The market is trading on QE unlimited. These are B12 shots to the max. You know, this is JFK would have loved this market. I, I don't need B12 shots. Just give me unlimited QE. And, our, you know, all of our properties are going to be worth more. So as long as the market is feeding on uh, the trough of the Fed and the Treasury, I suppose it can go wherever it wants. But to me, it's glass, uh, glass half empty, not glass half All right. Empty. Uh, we are
1: we are about to get this initial jobless claims number uh, estimate is uh, around five million claims made for last week. Uh, that would—that's about at the three-week average. The three-week average is like five and a half million claims. Last week's reading was six point six million. So uh, the number is—they're—they're they're expecting it to decline week over week. Let's see what the number is when it comes out here. Uh, five point two, five point two four million claims filed. Five point two four five to be exact. So five point two four five million is a little bit above the estimate, um, and popped off that number, surprise, surprise. Uh that this is also notable because this is this is the survey week that they that they use to get the monthly jobs report. So uh we will uh
5: this is twenty two million people out of work that we know of. Yeah. You know, yep, that, this, exactly. These are depression numbers, but somehow the Kool-Aid of unlimited QE, and don't, I, I don't minimize that. All through this bull market uh, that began in 2009, anytime the Fed was easing, the market went up. When they stopped easing, the market went down. So uh, we've got a unique situation where the Fed actually did the right thing. In coordination with the Treasury, which I think if you had asked us in January, you know, if there was a serious problem, would the Fed jump on it? And based on 08, you would have said probably not. And yet that's what they did.
4: Yeah, we did. uh, I mean, we did the last three times, you know, we popped and, uh, you know, just going against conventional wisdom. You know, you think that, you know, unemployment, who knows where it's going to be next month. But you know what? Uh, You can't fight the tape. We were we were trading just at about twenty seven eighty one. Uh, on the beginning of last bracket and then when that number came out uh, we immediately shot up we're near the highs there 27.94 that was your high did you just hit uh pre-market high 28.06 and a quarter uh so there's a target on the upside and then man after you get through that folks i mean you have the uh The high close of the move at 2843 and then 2845 and a half, 2846. I, I mean, I tell you the way that 2750 level was defended over the last three sessions. It was just like, you don't, you don't want to say there's people out there that know, but man, oh man, when you come down, even last night, the way it went under there again, uh, brought some of the shorts into the market and then popped it again. So I'll still key on my, i still key on this 27.86. That's the 50% for the whole move. Uh, we did get uh, one close above there, way up at 28.43. This 27 and a half, 28, just a, just a battleground. battleground.
5: And, uh, yeah. well, I, could you go back to the previous chart and draw the trend line on the intraday uh, overnight? Because uh, we've got to, we've got to really get through that trend line. We've rallied every time that we've had uh, the employment numbers come out, so this isn't a surprise. No, right. So if you draw a trend line through the tops, right, right, we've got to yeah. hold that level. We've got to hold that right, level double. right yeah, in yep. here.
1: Uh, you know what's crazy to me? Uh, so 22 million people have filed for unemployment in the last uh, four weeks. From the trough of the Great Recession to February of this year, so 10-year span, uh, 24.8 million jobs were created. So it took us 10 years to create 24 million jobs and took us one month for almost that same amount of people to file for unemployment. It just is mind-blowing stuff that you can't even begin to comprehend.
5: Well, you know, the, uh, we've, we've had an uh, engineered shutdown of the U.S. economy. So it, none of this is surprising. It's just big numbers. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. surprising, but really big numbers. But, that are... that, that's why I say the question is how long is this going to last and what's it going to look like when the restrictions are lifted? You know, who? Yeah. Uh, so New York and Connecticut have both mandated that you have to wear a mask if you go out in public. Not just the supermarket workers. Everybody has to wear a mask. You know, how long? uh, I I just don't know. It's really bizarre.
4: Um, Maybe the higher the unemployment goes, higher the market goes.
5: You know, because the Fed has to do more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Until the Fed takes their pedal off the gas, it's probably going to be hard to build up downside momentum. That doesn't mean you want to run out and buy the market, in my view. You know, clearly I've been cautious and I'm going to stay cautious because if you jump in here, the question I'd like to ask is who's buying other than the machines and these quant strategies that, you know, were, were totally de-risks and went out of equities. Who's buying up here?
1: I I don't know. <laughs> I, I, the Fed. The Fed is buying. I, I don't know.
5: Well, Janet Yellen said a week and a half ago the Fed should start buying equities. Maybe they're uh, about to. Maybe they'll be buying Enough. ETFs. You know, it, we always used to joke about the Goldman Sachs put in the '80s and '90s because all the Treasury secretaries were from Goldman Sachs. Guess what? They're back with Mnuchin, and we always used to joke that after '87, every decline in the market was a backstop with some sort of Fed. Maneuver. It was one of the great conspiracy theories, and it probably was true in one way, shape, or form. So we've got a great Fed put here, and who knows that they're not going to be buying stock index futures.
4: Yeah, I think um, I know Dennis. uh, When we get him back on later on today or tomorrow, oh, uh, he's
1: here. I think. Oh, he's here. I'm sure he's he's busy. He's just in the background.
4: You know, um, you know. I like to see. I like to see the open book. I don't. I don't pay for the open book, but man. I just wonder, you know, huge, if there's huge institutional sell orders out here, then, you know, a lot of times it takes a while to, you know, to chew through those stuff, but sure doesn't feel like, like that's out there. I mean, no, that's
5: I, I, I don't see institutional sell orders. No,
4: no. no.
5: I, I mean, there are in certain industry groups, they're still looking to sell the energy. They're still looking to sell the banks. But once you get outside there, you know they're big buyers of Amazon, they're buyers mm-hmm. of Walmart, they're buyers of JNJ, P and G.
4: But what do you think about the banks, Mark?
5: I, I wouldn't touch them here. Loan losses uh, uh, for one quarter sometimes breed loan losses for a second quarter. and you know, and when you go through Citi's statement, they're basically saying that the consumer is dead. And they're expecting big defaults on their consumer loans. And, and JPM you know, said that too. Yeah. So uh, I think there are better sectors to look at. I think healthcare and technology are still where you want to be focusing on, unless you're a bottom fisher. And you what know about what the? Uh,
4: what do you think about the airline bailout structure? That's from. Well, common... we've got to.
5: To be a country and have an economy, you've got to have airlines. But I think. Uh, the airlines never really made. If you look back fifty years, net, 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 the airlines have not made money. It's an odd statistic. The airlines don't make money. They're like a public utility, so the bailout's appropriate. I think a lot of smaller airlines will fall by the wayside, or you'll get mergers.
1: We we definitely need a bailout. I don't know if we if we needed the terms that we got, but it's it's really nothing you can do about it because it, as much as the bailout. The terms of the bailout piss me off. There's no nothing I can do about it. So I, the, I don't know.
5: Did the government get equity in the bailout or no?
1: It's not minimal. Minimal. This is not like this is not like GM. This is minimal equity. This is. Yeah, I mean the
5: government did pretty well in eight with the bailout money. It got a nice return. So. Yeah, no, uh, it's not.
1: It's not. That's not what's going down. This. I mean, they, they get uh, warrants for Delta that could be up to one percent of the company. Which whoop de do. Um, most of the, I think three quarters of the, of the, it's, it's, let's not even call it a bailout. Let's call it the, like a like a safety raft because we're, we're gonna have to do this dance again in five months. Uh, but three quarters of the money is is just is just grants. The rest of it is is a low interest loan. So.
5: Yeah, I'd like to end my segment with sure. another. other With i uh, I'm sober right here, uh, not in terms of. Uh, Five o'clock and on, but I hope so. Um, I, I, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, right now, and I want to zero in on what I think the, the the key point is: kids going back to school. Because until kids can go back to school, their parents can't really go back into the workforce. And I'm talking about the low income portion of the economy where they've really been hit the hardest with the layoffs. So what's entitled, what's in, you know, what is entailed with kids going back to school Well, you need workers, teachers, you need food service people. Uh, It's, it's a big chain and it's gotta be done right. And then you run the risk that the kids who have the immune system uh, that's stronger than the older people get it and bring it home. You get it from one person and it spreads like wildfire in that lunchroom environment, schoolyard environment. And that's why I'm glass half full here, because there are so many unknowns. And let's say we do open the economy and kids go back to school and there is some level of testing. What happens in that next wave when some kids in Detroit, not wishing it on Detroit or Wichita, Kansas, bring it home? uh you know then then yeah. we then then the stock market just slides and I, there's 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 no backstop there's no I, amount of qe that helps when people you know, get scared
3: i just you know we're going to reopen but This thing is just isn't going to go away is the problem. It's around, it's probably going to be around now until we have a vaccine. And then the question is, does it mutate? I mean, I just don't see everybody going back to what they were doing two months ago. I just don't see it quickly getting back to there. It could take a long time. I don't see people jumping on a plane to go take a cruise. I don't see people jumping on a plane to go to Disney World anytime soon. Even if it's reopened, it's not like, okay, yeah, we're good to go. We're not good to go. It's going to be some things, but things are going to be different. You know, Josh Brown was talking about a mask, you know, how everybody's going to be wearing masks out there. It, it's going to be a really weird world for a long time. And until we get a comfortable vaccine, you know, uh, and, and, you know, and that's not even easy to make. I mean, they're talking about, you know, something Trump's obviously saying optimistically by the end of the year, I don't think so. You know, what the, you know, if you listen to the doctors, it's 2021 probably for a vaccine. And then the question is, you know, it doesn't mutate, are we going to get this thing right? This is just a new thing that is out there that is much more deadly than the flu. And I think when you really analyze that, economic growth has to be impaired by this. And I don't think it's just going to bounce right back. So that's why I I have a hard time just saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to buy stocks here when, you know, a lot of these stocks have come back over 50% of their losses. I feel like if you're buying now, you're banking that this is a non-event, and we're just going to back to the all-time highs, and everybody's going to go back to their normal way of life. And I don't think that's going to happen.
5: I agree 100%. I mean, you could buy them here with a three- to five-year view and watch them go down 50%. and say, What did I do? So I, w- I wish I could be more positive because – No, Mark. Uh, no,
4: no, that's okay. I mean, you know um, – You know, a market veteran, you know, like yourself, we appreciate your opinion. And, uh, you know, also being a market veteran, you know, you can't fight the tape. And right now, right now, the market is telling us, the tape is telling us that there's no big deal here.
5: So you've got to know who you are. I agree there, Joel. You're either a trader or an investor. And a trader has to watch the tape like crazy because you don't want to be on the wrong side of the tape. An investor has two choices: they can protect their capital, or they can say, "I'm in it for the long haul." But as a retail stockbroker, starting from the uh, mid '60s through the '90s, I can tell you that resolve uh, totally dissipates on the second wave down, if there is a second wave. The institutions tend to sell on the first wave; the margin guy, you know, the heavily leveraged get kicked out by margin calls. But that second wave down, and and this is all, you can look at the money funds, This huge record inflows from institutional money into money market funds. Retail has barely budged. So what does that tell me? It tells me the retail investor is holding on. The robo allocations are not going to cash, you yep. staying in yep. SPY and, you know, IWM and QQQ. Yep. And so it's that second wave down. If we get it where the institutions, uh, you know, have done most of their selling and individuals puke out stocks.
1: All right. Mark Chakin is the founder of Checking Analytics. I don't say this enough. It's a really great research platform for stocks and ETFs. They've got a whole bunch of technical and fundamental info, a great, research platform mark thanks for the time as always uh be safe out there
5: you too thank you dennis joel be good all right thanks man. all right
1: uh 844 here we just lost joel but he'll be back i think uh i think he's here in the background um we just thanks
3: yourself when we were saying how good zoom yeah hey, <laughs> well
1: what happened to you dennis actually it wasn't
3: Zoom's as fault my computer just decided it's it's a uh, once a week shutdown okay out of the police, that's what i thought so um, like I said, I need a new computer, but I'm not running the best buy to go get one here right now, so we're just working with this one. My trading computer is excellent, but this one over here that I'm running the zoom on <laughs> okay. is a little
4: bit finicky. I
1: so.
3: thought it was other I thought it was either internet uh conniption or
1: maybe your computer went out you but, know what yeah. just
4: just after that um when we were talking with Mark. Yeah, what my, happened to you, Joel? My, I went down for a second, too. I'm like, oh, man, we, the gremlins are back. What are we doing? We we, I know. Gremlins. Yeah. Uh,
1: I want to talk Hertz here. The New York Post caught up with an, uh, an anonymous source, probably oh. from Carl Icon's camp, that said it is a coin toss whether Hertz does not go bankrupt by the summer. Uh, not a surprising uh, sentiment to see. Um, but I guess in in this market, we're going to assume a bailout until proven otherwise? I don't know. Uh,
3: I mean, the sweetheart deals went to the airlines, so could Hertz get a sweetheart deal? Possibly. Um, It doesn't seem like this administration wants anything to go bankrupt. Under a normal Fed, I would say Hertz is dead and dead in the water um, if they need money. I would think that would not get a bailout, but under this Fed, probably gets a bailout. So with that being said, too, I would think it'd be at terms of serious dilution. But we saw so far with the airlines, the sweetheart deal had bare, bare, barely any dilution in it. So I have no understanding how the Fed is negotiating these deals, but they're decided that they're not negotiating from a point of strength, with, which they are, but they're, they've decided they're not. Um, anyways, I think anybody could negotiate a better deal than what those airlines for the U.S. taxpayers. But we've talked about that. Talking hurts.
4: I it? It's, it's a call
3: option here at this point in time. What was the trend before in Hertz? Horrible. Hertz has been in trouble for a long time. So again, you know, it, and Hertz does a lot of equipment rental. They do some other stuff besides the cars. So they have some other businesses, but at the same time, car rentals. What's been hitting the car rentals? Uber, Lyft. I mean, we've talked about, you know, the, the, the changes in the way people travel. People don't go and rent a car like they used to. And that's why you see Avis Budget, CAR. I know it was actually trying to hold on 2019, but really, you know, we were, we went down, you know, six seventy dollars in 2014, five-year downtrend there. And now you look and you wonder, you know, well, if Hertz is going to go under, Avis Budget could possibly go under here too. So these companies absolutely need a bailout. It's just a matter of whether they get it or not.
4: Uh, just, um, I was just glancing over the charts here and I hadn't looking left in a long time. So if anybody is, or no, it was Uber, uh, you know, the, the kind of technical formations that, you know, Dennis and I like to look at and see one, two, well, let's see. How many highs do you have here? I see that one blip at 2889, but man, you just, I don't know. I guess you got a whole zone here. It didn't look. It looked like it was more at one whole number, but like 28 to 29, someone's doing some big liquidating in this thing. Uh, Over the last one, two, three, four, five, six sessions your highs have been basically between 28 and 29. So until you clear that 29 level, this looks like this, it looks like it's getting tired up here. So keep an eye on that. I mean, institutions, you know, like we talk about like a one level desk, what have you been seeing in the open book? Cause I, I mentioned this, uh, with, um, uh, with Jake and, are you seeing any, like those big institutional sell orders? I mean, you see big institutional
3: sell orders when you haven't been to levels in a long time because people okay. throw them out there GTC. I mean, we cleared out the book on the downside. We cleared out the book on the upside. So the books are relatively empty. I mean, if you went and looked at an okay. labs, I'm sure you'd see some size up there in the mid 90s. And we obviously pulled back from there this morning just because the stock has never been there before. You typically see big size in levels that they haven't been there in a long time because the institutions have had a chance to really reload and say, look. You know, a lot of them just throw They I don't know why they do it that way, but some of them still do it that way where they got a hundred thousand shares and they'll say, okay, I'll sell a hundred thousand 95, I'll sell a hundred thousand, a hundred. They throw them out their GTC and these orders sit on the book for months. You see them there and, you know, and obviously you can trade off of those because that's, you know, a big, you know, a resistance point when you have a institution sitting with a hundred thousand shares to go at a hundred bucks, you know, the math says it takes a lot of money to take that out. So 10 million bucks. So it's, you know, just basically, you'll think of a goalie in hockey, you know, if if you're going up there and you've got a big institution sitting there, it's a big goalie to try to get the puck through. And it takes a lot of money to get the puck through that. So that's why we focus on the book a lot. But in this market environment where the book's been cleaned out on the downside, cleaned out on the upside, because we've had so much volatility, there isn't as much relevance in the book as there normally is.
4: Okay. All right, Dennis, how's that, how's that 350 trade been working out for you? We're getting a question on that, that the trade. imbalances. Oh, I
3: mean, they're still. you're seeing it now, though, the last few days, I've noticed that there isn't as much movement. So obviously you've got yep. the algos that are starting to figure it out too. They rip them or they dip them. Um, on that number but the the moves aren't as extreme and it's not as much follow-through i've noticed the last few days again the imbalances haven't been as big so maybe we've got institutions saying "Whoa, i'm getting some bad fills here i gotta back (laughs) up and and back off from that strategy and i think you're seeing that to a certain extent too because like yesterday we saw like 700 million to sell not these 2.3 billion to sell or these huge amounts so institutions are realizing hey we're not getting the liquidity that we were getting before the floor closed there. We're not getting the offset. We're you know, getting burned here on some bad executions. So we're not gonna put as many LOC orders, limit on close orders out there, or market on close orders out there right now where we're getting nailed. So I think you're seeing institutions smarten up in a hurry on that. That's why you're not seeing the big moves there on the closing imbalances.
4: Okay. All right, uh, interesting uh, pre-market session here. Starting to it back. Uh, yeah, we're giving it back. I. I, I, like with Mark, I mean, I, if, you know, you put new money to work here, I think you're being very optimistic. But one thing we've learned over the last few years is, you know, you can't fight the Fed here. And,
3: uh, I'm really like, and you're right, Joe, I can't figure this market out. This market is very hard to figure out at this point in time. You have a battleground. It's a complete battleground around this 50% retracement. And this could go on for a while. We've had a three day, three to four day battle. Really, you know, of, you know, VIX going down a little bit. We're not as, we're obviously 41. We're still somewhat significant. It escalated a little bit yesterday with the sell-off. But really, you're still sitting around this 275 to 283, 284. That's a 50% retracement of the overall move. Yep. So we have people like Craig Johnson that are saying it's going to blow through it. And it's going to 300. And then you have people like me that are saying, I'm not so sure, certain because it, I think it takes a lot. If I'm thinking from a fundamental perspective, I think there is still some fear out here that this isn't going to be as easy as the market thinks it's going to be. I don't think people are going back to the normal way of life. I think restaurants are still going to be in a world of pain um, after the market reopens, because people are going to be hesitant to go sit down and have a nice restaurant, not knowing who is serving their food, not knowing who prepared their food, not knowing who they're sitting next to in that restaurant. They're definitely probably going to be fairly close, you know, and somebody sneezes in the restaurant. How many people are spooked by that? This could take some time. Again, we've talked about the comparisons. Chipotle took 18 to 24 months before a confidence came back that I wasn't going to go get E. coli by sitting in there or or, or going and ordering their food. This could take 18 to 24 months, even if, you know, the coast is clear because people are spooked and they don't want to get COVID. So I find it very difficult to go and buy the restaurants and the casinos and the cruise lines and even Disney because of the parks. Um, You know, if I'm buying stuff and which I have, On on pullbacks, I'm buying tech stocks. Uh, Again, stocks that aren't directly impaired by this virus. So I think that trade continues that we start to look, you know, at those issues, not so much chasing the stuff that's in the dumpster here, because um, a lot of stocks haven't bounced significantly. You know, you look at the cruise lines and they're kind of hanging out near the lows. There's a reason for that. People aren't jumping on and going back to cruises. Think about how many stocks came back, you know, 50% of their losses. And the cruise lines are sitting there right near the bottom. I mean, look at NCLH. Yeah, it's come back a little bit, but it was $55. And it went down to 7 Now it's $12. I mean, it's not back at $25. There's a reason for that. These are the stocks that are ground zero. and These are the stocks that potentially could have a lot of trouble if we're in a prolonged shutdown and if the confidence doesn't come back.
1: And the only question that seems to matter right now is, will it get worse? And there's very divided opinions on that. There's people that think the worst is over, very, yeah, and yep. there's people that think that it that the worst is over temporarily, and it will get worse in a few months when we when we start to. Reopen the economy here. So, look, new deaths in the hotspots are starting to level off here, at least in New yep. York. There's, the, the curve has undeniably flattened. So yes. there's there's ammo for people who say the worst behind us. There's also the total unknown of we just don't know what's going to happen when we go back to our daily lives. So, yeah, I think the longer we hang out at this nowhere's uh, no man's land level, the easier it becomes to to, uh, to get bearish. But you just don't know. Um, know,
4: Go ahead, Spencer. No, no, no. Go, go, go. I was just gonna say, I, um, you know, we talk about the eyeball test, and you know, you, you know, when you're out, I, I went to run one errand yesterday, and I looked at the new hotels that were built in this area. No cars. I look at the restaurants closed. I look, but I'm like, you know what? you can't, you know, if you're doing, you know, short term trading and stuff, you can't, you know, you can't think about that stuff. I mean, you just have to, you know, and that's what I know. A lot of people here are longer term investors and we try and cover the whole gambit here, but you know, you just gotta, you just gotta put the blinders on and you just, you know, for the short term or for the swing trading or whatever your, your technical trading is, but there is, you know, there, there's two contingencies out there, you know, that's one that's going to take a long time. And then there's others that hey you know boom this is this is nothing this is just going to be you know another V bottom which it is right now and um, I think the best thing p-
3: potential for a V bottom is there
4: yes I, I would just love to see us you know from a you know still being you know having you know money in the market I would just like to see us hang out here you know like maybe we're all looking for it to go way up and some of us are looking at it to go way down we had that extreme volatility and I think. You know that's going to be gone for set. You know the the limit downs and and everything. You don't, you know. Maybe we're not going to see that. Maybe we're going to go back down to fifteen and twenty point ranges. Imagine that. I mean, I, I've talked about that a lot on the show when when the nine day average trading range was over two hundred. Now we're down to one thirty four, Uh, and a lot of that is taken into account overnight. We only had like a 40-point range in a day yesterday. So, you know, best thing for the market, we don't necessarily have to rip up. We don't have to rip down. Maybe we'll just stay here, and we'll hug this area, and things will get better. Things will will improve. The White House has has a schedule for reopening. They're going to do the guidelines. Uh, Spencer, do you know what time tonight, that is tonight? tonight. Oh, yeah. it's tonight. They're,
1: they're going to they're gonna give us details tonight. They're going to announce – How they plan to Slowly With baby steps, get us reopened here. So we will know more tonight. Uh, We didn't really talk earnings. There's a bunch that we missed. There was Abbott Labs, there's Bed Bath Beyond, Morgan Stanley. The one that really caught my eye, though, was Lakeland Industries. L A K E. Remember, this was a COVID play. This thing ran ran up to twenty eight dollars here. Their revenue quarter over quarter increased by less than a million dollars. Their total revenue from twenty seven million dollars last quarter.
3: That everybody was banking was going to have a phenomenal. Now again, we need to consider that this trade really didn't start till late February, so maybe early March. So you had about a month. The first two months would have been normal. The third month would have been, you know, better.
1: I don't know how normal the first two months. I, I don't know that at all because it's not like the coronavirus wasn't a thing in January in February. So yeah. the, fa- the fact that their total revenue only increased from $27.5 to a little over $28 million gotta be uh, qu- quarter over quarter yeah. is got to be, wow, I mean, surprising.
3: Yeah, you'd think that this would have been their kick-ass quarter here. You would think really, so, wouldn't you? Really didn't. I mean, support is support, it's down there around 14.5 to 15. I played this um, – obviously, I played this back in February. I had a fantastic trade off. I talked about it on the show. I think I bought it around $12, $13, and I sold out at 19 and then some at 25, 23. I, did, I didn't get the highs, like the high got up to 28, but I got out in the mid-20s on the major, on the rest of it I sold a little bit early I was like at 18 I got out of some and then 20 and I think at 23 was the rest of I got out of and then I said like you know I was looking at it and I was like you know this trade is probably cool you know cooled off obviously and it never got hot again it's tried to pick it up but these numbers are not going to make the trade hot again here either is there support down there 14 to 15 yeah there is but This trade, like you're saying, Spencer, this should have been their quarter to really shine. These should have been awesome numbers. People bought this two, three days in the last two, three days ahead of this quarter, expecting those numbers to shine. And those people are disappointed. Yep. Do you want any
4: technicals on that one or people really don't care?
3: If you want to give them. (laughs)
4: Uh, Okay. We like technicals. Uh, Well, no, I didn't know if anybody's (laughs) trading this thing. Sure. Uh boom, boom boom boom. You've been in the a long consolidation period here. Uh top of the range, which is history today, uh was the eighteen dollar area. Uh now you're on the skid, so we gotta look for support. And uh where are you trading at? Fifteen and change here. Uh pre-market low is at fifteen thirty-five. Not much there, folks. Uh fifteen twenty seven. If you, want, if you think this thing is going to hold and bounce, then it's going to hold 1527. If not, I see a trapdoor down to Monday's low at 1450. So, a couple technical support levels. Not sure where to sell this on the pop. Uh, the low of yesterday's range. If you get a look at 1655 the first time, uh, that probably may be a decent place to lighten up since that was, uh, that was yesterday's low.
1: All right, a lot we didn't get to on this show, a lot from the chat we didn't get to. We didn't get to Morgan Stanley. We didn't get to Bed Bath & Beyond. We didn't really get to Abbott Labs, but uh, we will cover all of these issues and I'll, I'll write down the tickers tossed I just want to say on
3: Abbott Labs, this was predictable. The stock has been running for three weeks straight. So this is your classic buy ahead of the number and sell it on the number. So it didn't matter what they were going to say. I mean, it was up this morning, but they turned around. This thing was at nine. So they say, what are you talking about? It's only down 60 cents. This was at 95, $95 on this number. Somebody bought this up $4 on this number. All the good news has been priced in the Avid Labs. 65 cents, 58 cents, you know, so it's a beat. It's nice numbers. Yes, you know, they're going to have some, you know, nice from the testing. I will say, I'm not just flat out saying it's going back to 80, but a lot of good news priced into these
4: stocks. Hey, Des, I just want to ask you um, about just one other stock. And I, I, it was a pre-market prep stock of the day yesterday. What, what about UNH here? You talk about, a, you know, like a stock coming all the way back here. Yeah, it's come all the way back. Yeah, yep. Do you know what it took back? It's 50% retracement in three days it's incredible. When, uh, when we came off the low yeah, and then the it boom, had a little bump. Look at
3: that rip and rally from two – from one – the low 187 in four days, it went up 80 points. Man, yeah. the buyers, that was the buy. Whenever, when there's blood in the street, the blood was everywhere. That was the buying opportunity.
4: Okay. Right. Now Spend- it's
3: hard to say. Like, I mean, they're buying UNH now. Exactly. Is there room to 300? Sure. Maybe it's going to pull a wing stop and get it all back. I mean, UNH, obviously, healthcare, this isn't going away. It's probably needed more right now. Um, so it, this is, uh, you know, it's probably got room to 300. So it looks good. I wouldn't want to be shorted here. But if you're coming in and buying for your long-term investment portfolio now, you've, you, you've missed the meat. You're trying to eat the last bites, you know, like you know somebody's leftovers. So, And that's the problem with a lot of these stocks is you come in here buying them now, you, you've missed the bulk of the move. If you're buying stocks now, you're saying that this is going to be a non-event. Okay. We're all going back to our normal life within the next three to six months. That might happen. I hope that happens. I want nothing more than that to happen, despite even being 70% cash in my long term portfolio. I want nothing more than that to happen because I don't like, you know, being cooped up in my home. I don't like not being able to go out and socialize. I don't like not being able to go out for a nice dinner. But I don't think it gets back to normal that quickly. That's my thoughts.
1: Yeah. I. I, I, I'm starting to get cabin fever a little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm getting cranky. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting
4: cranky I'm getting as well. Cranky as well.
3: So I made myself right, get.
4: I made myself get up this morning and uh, do the peloton. I'm like, you know what? I just gotta. I just got to do something. I got to like, you yeah. know, can't, can't sit in front of the screen all day.
1: All right. So a lot of questions from the chat. I'm writing them all down. We will address uh, as many of them as we can at the three forty broadcast uh, with, with Joel and I, I want to thank everyone in the chat for part- their participation. Thanks to Mark Chakin. You can catch the replay of the show on YouTube or the podcast on whatever platform you prefer. Please remember all the information from this show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you in the afternoon and uh, be safe.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.